Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Um, I said said this first service, you know, um, I'm a city boy, grew up in the city of Detroit. You're not going to catch me on no mission field. (laughs) Nope, it's just just not going to happen. It probably won't go well. Now, I'll send money, I'll send my prayers, but you will not see me stepping foot on a mission field. No, but if Pastor Don ever asked me to go, I'm, you know, it's going to take an act of God to get me there. But, uh, <laughs> hey, don't speak that. No, no um, you know, but to, for them to, to step out of, you know, out of their pulpit and uh, for Pastor Don to step out of here to leave you guys and go over to the mission field to India, for the 10 missionaries that we support, that's an amazing thing, you know, um, not too many people can, you know, can actually do that or actually have a heart for that. And that's one thing we know about Pastor Don is he has a heart for missions. He has a heart for the mission field. And, uh, you know, it's, it's an amazing thing. And you may not ever go, you may not ever be able to step foot over there, but your prayers matter and your money matters. You know, no matter how big, how small, it matters. It's just as impactful as Pastor Don and, and uh, Pastor Jessamy stepping foot on that land. So don't ever think that just because you can't go over there, that you can't be impactful to those in other nations that we support. We are a blessed people that we can actually be here in this country. We can proclaim the name of Jesus. We can speak it loud. We can worship. We can lift our hands. We can pray. We can do everything and not have any fear of, you know, anything that's going to happen to us as a result of it. But our brothers and sisters in other nations and other countries don't have that same luxury. Um, so they, des- or they, they, they need your prayer and um, we need your prayer. So we're going to pray for them right now. We're going to pray for, for Pastor Don. So lock in with me as we pray. Father, we thank you. Your word says how beautiful are the feet of those that preach the gospel and that their feet, Father, are shod with the preparation of the gospel of of peace. God, I thank you that everywhere that they go, Pastor Don and Pastor Jessamy and their families, everywhere that they go, Father, uh, you are going to bless. Your favor is going to go before them, Father. You're going to protect them as a shield. We claim Psalm 91 over them and over all of the missionaries there, Father, that they're going to be able to preach the gospel uninhibited, that they're going to be able to do your work and save lives for you, Father. And God, every prayer that we pray, every seed that we sow, we thank you that it's going to bless and change another life. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 27, or if you use a, a mobile or your app, um, I use that as well. Pastor Cody already uh, told you guys about the mobile app. Download it if you don't have it. There's some live notes on there, um, and the scripture is actually on there as well. And we're going to get started. Acts 27, 39 through verse 44. And when daylight came, they did not recognize the land, but they saw a bay with a sandy beach where they decided to run the ship aground if they could. Cutting loose the anchors, they left them in the sea and at the same time untied the ropes that held the rudders. Then they hoisted the foresail to the wind and made for the beach. But the ship struck a sandbar and ran aground. The bow stuck fast and would not move and the stern was broken to pieces by the pounding of the surf. 
The soldiers planned to kill the prisoners to prevent any of them from swimming away and escaping. Verse 43, but the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life and kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and get to land. The rest were to get there on planks or on other pieces of the ship. In this way, everyone reached land safely. Everyone reached land safely. Today we're talking about on broken pieces. One thing that you'll notice uh, if you study the life of Paul or if you read the scriptures about Paul, and I encourage you to do so, um, he has written the majority of the New Testament. But one thing you know about Paul, he was, you know, a man that crucified, or not crucified, <laughs> a man that, um, that persecuted Christians. And actually, uh, he was actually, they, they say that he was the one that held the coats of those that stoned Stephen. Um, and so Paul was a man who did not like Christians. And then at one point in time, he, came, he had an encounter with the great I am. He had an encounter with Jesus that changed the course of his life. And from that moment on, Paul knew that his life had purpose, that he had a mission, that he had an assignment from the Father. And that's one thing that's undeniable about Paul. But one of the hardest things for us, yet one of the most powerful things that we can do in our lives is to realize that our lives have purpose, that we have a mission, that we are here for a reason. You know, and you may say, you look at the current state of your life and you may say, Pastor Dave, I, you don't know the things that I've gone through. You don't know the life that I've lived. You don't know the pain that I've suffered. You don't know the things that I have experienced throughout the course of my life. How can my life have purpose? Do you really mean that everything that I've gone through, everything that I've experienced in my life, it's, it has a purpose? My life has purpose? Absolutely. Absolutely. You were placed on this earth for a reason. I know some may have heard that you were, you were a mistake, but listen, you were not a mistake. You were placed on this earth for a reason. And it is up to you to discover what that purpose, what that reason uh, to be on this earth is. It's not just to wake up every day, go work a, a job nine to five, come back home, cook dinner and go to sleep and get up and do it all over again. Your life has purpose. You were placed on this earth to make an impact. And one of the hardest things for us to realize is that our life has meaning, that our life has purpose. But listen, God has a destination, a purpose for us all. But there's something that happens in between where we start and where we finish, where our destiny, our purpose uh, takes us. And that thing right in the middle of there is called your journey. It's called life. And there's so much in that word life, that four letter word right in the middle of that is two letters, I and F, if. And life can be very iffy. Sometimes you don't know if it's gonna be good, if it's gonna be bad. Sometimes when you walk out of your door in the morning, you don't know if, if, if uh, everything is just gonna go just so smooth. You don't know if that's gonna be the worst day of your life. But it's life and it just happens. And it's our journey. Now, whether your individual journey took you to the highest and greatest experiences of your life before you had any kind of adversity, 
Or, and I said this first service, if you started from the bottom, but now you're here. (laughs) Your life has purpose. Your journey has purpose. And all throughout our life, all throughout our journey, it is marked with signs that God has been with us. Think about it. Think about some of the hardest moments in your life. You made it through, and if you look back to it, you can say, you know what? Yep, God was with me there. I thought it was over. I thought my life was gonna be destroyed. I didn't think I was gonna be able to make it through that divorce, but yep, God was with me there. I didn't think that when I lost my mom or when I lost my dad, that was the hardest part point in my life. I didn't think that I would ever be able to make it through that, but God was with me there. All throughout your life, all throughout your journey, it's marked with signs that God has been with you. And the same God that was with you through that part of your your journey is the same God that will be with you in, in the future to come. Some of our journeys have been good. Some have been not so good. And some of them have been, some of our journeys have been not good by no fault of our own. When we look at this particular passage in Acts 27, Paul didn't even want to go on the ship. He told them, if you read it in the, first, the beginning part of it, he told them, listen, we don't need to go on this, this ship right now. We don't need to go on this water. This is not going to end well. Everything is going to be lost. We're going to lose everything. We don't need to do it. And they're like, hey, psh, shut up. You're getting on this ship. So Paul ended up in this storm being shipwrecked and it was no fault of his own. And sometimes that happens in our journey. Sometimes we hit storms in our life, we hit hard times in our life, and it has absolutely nothing to do with anything that we've done. It's just a journey because there's a bad devil out there who's looking, who knows your destiny, who knows your purpose almost greater than you do, and he's trying to destroy it, trying to get you from reaching your destiny, from reaching your purpose, from reaching what God has put you on this earth for. It's no fault of your own. But then sometimes, (laughs) somebody caught it already, they're laughing. Sometimes our journey takes us down some paths and it has everything to do with our own decisions. Everything to do with our own choices. You know the story of Jonah? In the the well, the scripture calls it a, a big fish, but we say it's a well. And Jonah had been given an assignment from the father. Listen, I want you to go to Nineveh. I want you to tell them exactly what I'm going to tell, tell you to tell them. Jonah said, no, I'm out of here. He runs down to a ship, pays his fare, gets on the ship, and tries to run from God. How smart is Jonah? <laughs> to think that he can get away from God and from the assignment that God has on his life. And so they're on the ship. You may know the story. And if you don't, go back and read it. It's really good. It's like Jonah is like four chapters. It's really short. And they get on the ship and the storm comes. And the scripture says that everybody's praying to their God. They're like, oh my God, what is going on? What did we do? Help us. They're throwing stuff off the ship, trying to save their lives. And then finally, Jonah's down at the bottom of the ship, sleep. They go down and wake him up, bring him upstairs and say, what did you do? Because we've been praying, we've been throwing all the stuff off the ship and the storm is not stopping. What did you do? And Jonah finally says, yep, it's my fault. The storm is all my fault. If you just throw me over the side of the ship, 
the storm is going to cease. They said, you got it. (laughs) And sure enough, the storm ceased. It stopped. And then Jonah finds himself in the belly, in the stomach of a whale, a great fish. And it's in that moment that Jonah has a turning point in his life. It's in that moment that Jonah realized that his life had purpose and he prayed to God, he prayed to the Father and the scripture says that the fish spit him out on the shore. Now the scripture doesn't say this but I like to believe, this is my own opinion, I didn't study it out, but I like to believe that the, the, that the fish spit him out right in Nineveh where he was supposed to be. <laughs> right on the shore. And then the story goes on and he goes and he gives a message that God uh, wants him to give. And then God says, I'm going to actually save the people. And Jonah gets mad and the story goes on. But sometimes our journey takes us to places by our own decision that we don't necessarily want to be. And it becomes a turning point in our lives. And God uses that to get us exactly where he needed us to be to begin with. Now, I don't know your journey. You know, my journey is different than your journey, is different than Pastor Cody's journey. You know, my journey growing up in the city of Detroit is a whole lot different than Pastor Cody's journey being homeschooled. (laughs) I had to do it, Pastor Cody, I'm sorry. But it's still Pastor Cody's journey. And everything that Pastor Cody went through in his life, though it may look different than what I've gone through in my life, it's still his journey and it got him to where he is today. Just like my journey took me through some bad places by my own decision, but it got me to where I am today. That's why you cannot judge a book by its cover. That's why you can't see when somebody's living a blessed life, they they may seem like they have it all together. And I know sometimes we as pastors make it look like we have it all together, like it's just so easy, like life is just not throwing any blows our way, but it's hard. You don't know how hard it is to walk up that stage to come and lead you in worship, how hard Pastor Don has to fight every single week to walk up these stairs just to bring you a message. But it's our journey and your journey is your journey. And don't let anybody, and this is not in my notes, don't let anybody make you feel bad about your journey. Don't let anybody condemn you or try to convict you because of your journey. Because it's your journey. Now, it may not be good, it may not look good, but it's your journey and you are where you are today because of what you've been through. And if they only knew the things that you've been through, They would know that there is a God. We don't control when or where a storm hits our lives. And that's what happens along our journey. You see it here in the passage in Acts 27. A a big storm comes and it destroys the ship. Now, Paul told them, listen, we don't want to do this because I'm sure that God had given him some insight and let him know that you're going to hit a storm and it's not going to end well. But... The journey took them there and the storm came. Now, we don't control when or where a storm hits our lives. I know that we would like to play God and say, you know, okay, look, everything's going well in my life. I've got all the money that I need in the bank. All my bills are paid. I've got six months savings saved up. All right, God, I'm ready for a storm. 
if, if the person next to you says that that's their testimony, you might want to move because lightning's getting ready to strike. <laughs> or you may say, you know, all hell has broken loose in my life. It, I mean, if everything that could go wrong has gone wrong, it can't get any worse, so you might as well just go ahead and send a storm. Now, that's two <laughs> different extremes, but nobody ever asks for a storm to hit their life. It just happens. And sometimes when a storm hits our lives, it destroys something. Sometimes it seems like it destroys everything. And after the storm passes, after the wind ceases, you find yourself broken. You find yourself like you're ripped to shreds, like your life is over. No one ever wants brokenness to define what they've experienced in life, but sometimes that's just where your journey takes you. It's not God putting you through it, it just happens. The amazing thing about God is that he's with us through it all. Pastor Trish preached a message this past Wednesday and if you hadn't had an opportunity to listen to it, go back and listen to it. Entitled, Where's Jesus When You Need Him? And she said something um, while she was preaching and I thought it was so amazing and I wrote it down and I put it in my notes. So I told her I was gonna say it, and I, but I told her I was also gonna give her credit for it. But she said, he is the God of the journey. He's the God of the journey. We always say that he's the alpha, he's the omega, yeah. He's the beginning, he's the end. He knows where I, when I was born, he knows when I'm, gonna, when I'm gonna take my last breath. But we also have to remember that he's the God of the in-between. He's the God of the journey. He's right there walking with you. You remember the story of the disciples on the boat? Jesus tells them to go out on the boat, go, go into the water, Jesus prays. And then all of a sudden while they're out there, the storm comes. And right in the middle of the storm, what happens? Jesus doesn't come up in another boat. Jesus comes walking right on the water and scares the bejesus out of them. <laughs> and Peter, being who he was, you know, I'm paraphrasing, of course, says, Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come out to you. He says, yeah, it's me. Come on out, Peter. And Peter walks out on the water. And then all of a sudden, the wind starts to kick up again. The waves start to, the water starts to move. Peter takes his eyes off of Jesus, and what happens? He sinks. But there's something that happens when Peter begins to sink. He says, Jesus, help me. And Jesus reaches down his hand, and he helps him up. Now, the amazing thing is, is that Peter walked on the water. And we always talk about that. Yeah, Peter walked on the water and his eyes were focused on Jesus. And sometimes it may feel like we're walking on water if we keep our eyes focused on Jesus. But the amazing thing about God is he knows that there's gonna be a time when we take our eyes and our focus off of him. And when we do, we're gonna begin to sink. But at that moment when you begin to sink, you have to realize that you've got to call out, Jesus, help me. And right when you call out for Jesus to help you, he's gonna be right there to help you up and let you know that he's been there all along. Anybody seen the movie The Shack? Whoo! That's an amazing movie. 
Listen, if you have an opportunity to go see it, go see it. It's a great movie. Um, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not an advocate for, I'm not gonna, not wanted to get up and say, hey, go do this and go do that. But, you know, if, if you feel led to, go and do it. It's a great movie. Now, don't go looking for something wrong because you will find it. Now, I, I, when I watch the movie, I can put my theological hat on and say, you know, that's not in the Bible and that's wrong and that's wrong. And you miss the whole underlying message because you're trying to find something wrong. But there's a part that happens in this movie. And if you don't like people to tell movies before you see it, I've got the mic. <laughs> And I've got you for the next 16 minutes. <laughs> and it's, but it's only three minutes. It's a three-minute portion of a two-and-a-half-hour movie. You're not going to miss it. It's okay. But there's a part in this movie when the guy McKenzie, he goes in, the, gets in the, Jesus tells him to get in the boat and meet him on the other side. He gets in the boat, he goes out in the water. And while he's out on the water, it's like this big hole comes up in the, in, in the bottom of the boat and it's, the water starts to flood the boat. And Mackenzie starts to, you know, to freak out a little bit because the water's filling up. He feels like he's dying, like he's getting ready to die. And he's looking at the water and Jesus is talking to him. He says, hey, just calm down, relax. You're gonna be okay. You're gonna be okay. And he's still, he's still just shaking and, and, and just afraid. And then Jesus says something. They don't, they don't say his name Jesus in there, but we know it's Jesus. He says something while he's there. He says, hey, focus on my voice. And right when he begins to focus on his voice, you see him just kind of calm and settle. And then he looks and Jesus is standing right there looking at him. He says, all right, now let's get you out this boat. And he brings him on the water and they begin to walk. So when a storm hits your life, Listen, it may seem like you're overwhelmed, like you're getting ready to lose it, like your life is getting ready to be destroyed. But listen, hear the voice of Jesus calling to you saying, focus on my voice. Just listen for my voice. Because he knows that life sometimes causes us to take our focus off of him and look at what's actually going on, the fact that we're getting ready to be destroyed. But if you take a moment, to focus on the voice of Jesus, you realize you're okay, that he's got you. This is a prayer that I pray when things happen in my life. Because sometimes, you know, we know the scripture says that Jesus will never leave us, that he'll never forsake us, that he's always with us, but we just need to know that he's there. I just need to feel and know that you're here. I know what your word says, but I need to experience it for myself. And so here's a simple prayer that I pray. In this storm, Father, Jesus, help me to see you. Right in the middle of the storm, I know you're here, but help me, Jesus, to see you. When a storm hits your life, don't be afraid. Focus on the voice of Jesus. Because Jesus is with you all along. Now, let's look at Romans 8, 28. I love this scripture. It's one of my favorites. And if it's not your favorite, listen, it needs to be. In the NIV, it says, and we know that in all things, and I love saying that with that emphasis, in all things, say all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose in all things. You may think the storm has gotten you off course or destroyed your life, but don't worry. It's working for your good. In all things, God is working it for your good. But the enemy meant for harm, God is working it for your good. Look at Romans 8, 28 in the message translation or par paraphrase. 
It says that's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. God's concerned about every detail of your life. It may have been a hard thing that transpired in your life, something that you just, you don't even want to think about it anymore. You kind of pushed it to the back of your head, of your memory. I don't even want it to come up anymore. But listen, God's working it for your good. Because that thing that you may have experienced in your life is something that will help somebody else going through the same thing. Isn't that why we're here? Here to help someone else? Here to serve someone else? That's what Jesus did. Jesus came to serve and then told us, hey, listen, I want you to do the same thing. Help someone else. Don't feel bad about your testimony. Don't feel bad about your story. Because your story makes you who you are and your story can help somebody else. God will use what is broken in and around your life to get you where you're destined to be. Paul was destined to get to Rome. He was destined to be there to preach the gospel. He had a purpose, he had a mission. He didn't want to be on that ship at that time. He told him, we, not, we don't need to go here. We don't need to go right now. But he found himself on the ship and the ship was destroyed and God used it, used what had been broken, used what had been destroyed and allowed Paul to get to where he was destined to be. And God can do the same thing in your life. Those broken pieces that the scripture says that they grabbed onto to swim and get to the shore, allow the broken pieces of your life be what you use to get to where you're destined and purposed to be. Remember this, destiny is attached to your storm and your storm is a part of your story. There's destiny attached to what you're going through. There's purpose attached to it. It's part of your story. It's gonna help someone else. It may appear that that it's over and that you'll never make it, but God is with you and has surrounded you with people that will help you get there. And I put there in, in, in parentheses, in uh, quotations for a reason, because there may look different for you than it looks for me. There for you may be a better marriage. There for you may be a deeper relationship with God. There for you may be to get rid of anger, to get rid of depression. There for you may be to kick a habit of smoking or drinking or whatever it may be. There may be different for you, but God has surrounded you with people to help you get there. That's why we put so much emphasis on groups and community groups. I have a passion for it. That's why I'm the discipleship pastor. Because <laughs> I have a, a passion for groups. I have a passion for growing people, for seeing people come from darkness to light, from seeing people to grow from being weak to being strong and helping somebody, someone else. And that's why we put so much of an emphasis on it because it's not good for you to be alone. God said it in, in, in Genesis when he created Eve. He said, it's not good for man to be by himself. Let me create somebody else to walk with him. Let me create somebody else to point out weaknesses in his life, to let him know, hey, listen, you can fix this and be better. And listen, that's why it's good for us to do fellowship, to relate with each other. It's one thing to come here on a Sunday morning or on Wednesday night. It's another when we meet house to house. 
It's another when we get into small groups and we can tell somebody, hey, listen, I'm struggling. You may be struggling today. In fact, I know you are. But there's no way that you can yell out right, well, you could, but the, the ushers may drag you out. <laughs> no. There's no way that you can yell and say, I'm struggling, I need help. But in a small group, you can say, hey, listen, I'm struggling and I need some help. Acts 27, verse nine through 11. It says, much time had been lost and sailing had already become dangerous because by now it was after the day of atonement. So Paul warned, verse 10, man, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo and to our own lives also. But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the pilot and of the owner of the ship and they went out anyway. Sometimes, God puts people in our lives to help us avoid potentially dangerous situations that we may be putting ourselves into. Sometimes God puts people around us to warn us and say, hey, listen, I've been there and I know the path you're going down and it's not gonna end well for you. You may wanna change your course, change your direction. It's not gonna end well. Sometimes God puts people around us like that to help us, but we've gotta be humble enough to hear it. He also positions people around us whose sole interest is making sure we get there. Because if you look down in Acts, in the, in the, at, the, at the end of that chapter, in verse 43, it said that the centurion uh, wanted to spare Paul's life because the soldiers were getting ready to kill him all because they didn't want him to get away. But the centurion said, no, there's something about this man there's something, this man's got, got purpose on his life. He's got destiny on his life. I can't allow this man to die. Go ahead, everybody, jump over the ship. Get to the, to the shore. If you gotta swim, swim. If you gotta grab a broken piece of the ship, get there. And God positions people around you to help you to get there, to help walk through life with you, to help you again to say, listen, you're weak in this area. Let me help you get strong. Anybody ever worked out in the gym by yourself? Now, I'm a gym rat. I love going to the gym. And I, I don't, I'm, I'm an introvert too, so I don't mind being by myself. At, at least, I mean, I, actually, I love being by myself. <laughs> but being in the gym alone sometimes, you know, you kind of lack some of that spark to kind of keep you going. And you lack that kind of, that encouragement. You know, th that one day you're like, you know, I really don't feel like going to the gym today. And you don't go. But when you got somebody that texts you in the morning, that says, hey, I'm on my way. I pointed because this uh, Nick Moxley, uh, he and I work out together. And I wait for that text in the morning because if he's not gonna text me, I'm probably gonna stay in the bed. <laughs> Sometimes I'm praying like, Jesus, please don't let him text me. <laughs> I just wanna get an extra hour of sleep, please. Because five o'clock in the morning comes quick. But sometimes God positions people around you to help you to get there. You've got goals, you've got dreams and he positions people to help you to reach those goals and reach those dreams. There is a destination that looks different for everyone. Listen, God knows that things may go very bad. He knows that you may shipwreck, that your life, your family, the dreams of your career may be broken today, but listen, God has purpose that you get there 
The broken pieces of your life will serve as a life raft that brings you to the shore of where your real purpose awaits you. Those broken pieces in your life, those broken moments, those times where you felt like your heart was being ripped out of your chest, God's using that as a life raft to get you to your destiny, to get you to your purpose. I know it may seem hard, but listen, keep on swimming. I know it may seem like you're, the, the, the energy is just leaving your body, like you can't swim anymore, but that second wind is coming. Keep on swimming. Listen, turn to somebody next to you and say, keep on swimming. Now tell yourself, say self, whatever your name is. Say, keep on swimming. Don't give up. Don't quit. Keep on swimming. Be not weary in well-doing and doing well, for in due season you will reap if you faint not. Keep on swimming. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 as we close. Another one of my favorites. It says, give thanks in all circumstances. You mean the hell I'm going through right now in my life? I'm supposed to give thanks in this? Yes. You mean all of this, these problems, this pain, this struggle that I'm feeling, I'm supposed to give thanks right here? Yep. In all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I said this to our leaders last Wednesday, or a couple Wednesdays ago. You don't have to be thankful for a bad situation, but you can be thankful in a bad situation. I'm not asking you to thank God for the storm that's come on your life. You don't thank him for that because God didn't send the storm your way. He doesn't send the storm to you, but he encourages you and strengthens you while you're in the storm. When the storm was sent to destroy you, you thank God that, hey, listen, I'm still breathing. God, thank you. That thing was supposed to destroy my life, but I'm still walking strong. Thank you. That's how you be thankful in a situation. Not for it, but in it. Because God is working for your good. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas. Or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.